This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of Poetry in Motion. Now, you think I'd be down. You'd think I'd be depressed, but I'm not excited because we've got a, a debutante. We've got a debut uh, for uh, Beth Lindop, who is uh, uh, ostensibly... Uh, you write for the way women's Everton Liverpool women's football, uh, don't you, Beth? But you've jumped on board. You're the massive red. You, of course, neutral when it comes to your work, but when it comes to poetry in motion, you are a, a massive, undeniable uh, red. So, welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Joining Beth Lindop is uh, Kiefer McDonald. How are you, pal? Not too bad. Could be better, but could be a lot worse considering how things have been been recently. So, yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, let's let's lance this boil, shall we? Um, boil, boy, we've had we've had you know podcast after podcast of spoils. Aren't we amazing? Who would dare take on Liverpool, the world beaters? We've had we've had them, and um, you know sometimes you are um, you get uh, criticised for 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 being too happy about Liverpool and being too you know everything's wonderful. Well, of course it is now. We're at a tipping point. This is a remarkable uh, time. To find yourself as a Liverpool fan after after the the last few seasons of of, of dominance really and, and fighting with the big boys, uh, I'll start with you, Beth. Um, I mean, since the World Cup has 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 uh, has finished, we we've uh, I think we've had one point. I think uh, our leading goal scorer is a Leicester fullback. Um, it's it couldn't get any worse, could it? And it's and and, and the worst thing for me, Beth, is 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 watching how it's transmitted to the players on the pitch. I mean, if Jurgen Klopp can't can't get a, a team of players together no one can so what is going on Beth? I think that's the biggest problem is it? it's just sort of a, a conflation of so many different issues I think you know you could if you could pinpoint one thing that that was that was causing it it would make it sort of easier to swallow but I think it seems to be so many different things I think there obviously is to an extent some some mitigating circumstances with with injuries I think Luis Diaz in particular is a massive massive loss and you know, a player who is capable of, of producing a moment of magic and we've not, you know, we, we really are crying out for that at the moment. So having him and Jota back in the fold in the, in the coming months, I think, could be huge. But yeah, I think the, the, the difficult thing is it is hard to put your finger on what what is the, the reason behind this sort of rapid fall from grace for Liverpool. And and as you said, I think one one of the, the standout, um, you know, the main strengths of this Jurgen Klopp side has been to to be resilient and and mentality monsters, as cliche as, as it sounds, but it was true, you know, for so long. If Liverpool went behind in a game, the heads never seemed to drop, and you always back them to to come back. and And now this season, it's it's like same old story every week against against Wolves. You know, as soon as that first goal went in, I've got to be honest, I didn't have any faith in Liverpool bouncing back from that. And I wonder is that sort of transmitted from the fans to the players a little bit as well, and and they're thinking that and. And that's the worry, but you just got to hope that that they can they can pick themselves up. And I suppose there's no better game to to get yourself up for and try and have a fresh slate than, than the Merseyside derby. Yeah, quite right, mate. Uh, quite right, uh, Beth. And 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 the thing is, um, uh, Kiefer, um Beth was saying you can't really put your finger on it. I suppose there are multiples. Are the luck we didn't? Nobody would have foreseen Fabinho waking up one day and forgetting how to play football. I mean, it, it, his lack of form has just been. Unbelievable! No one could could can can force can foresee injuries, of of course, but it's part of the game. The problem is when there's a hole in your boat, plug it in it. I mean, we've known, we knew. I mean, I I had a feeling after the Fulham game, um, at home that we weren't 
we went at the races, you know. Uh, Paulinho in the middle there for Fulham just bossed the midfield. We were slow. We were being intercepted. That passion was gone. That that relentless um, uh, attack and uh, uh, was just it just seemed to be missing. And and it's been a it's been sort of clinging on to games, getting through games ever since. But the problem is when you're afforded chances like that, said you know we're missing Diaz who, who, who could convert them. But Mo Salah's your man that we've extended the contract and paid very handsomely to do that. He's not doing it. Um, you wonder at the moment where the spark is going to come from to lift this side because I don't see any players on the bench on the pitch at the moment who can tear things around, Keith. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think the big, the big thing, well, the, the word that best kind of says that kind of resonates is, is moments. And I think Liverpool, have, you know, lacked that massively this, you know, this season and obviously since the Champions League final. I think you know in recent years you can you can look at Mo Salah, you can look at Sadio Mane, you can look at you know Roberto Firmino, and you know you, you name a big game, a big moment where Liverpool need to stand up and be counted for, and, and they were pretty much there at the front and they're ready to kind of take the headlines. and And this season it feels like no one's yet to kind of stand up and take that responsibility. And you know you know fair play to, to Stefan Bacetic in kind of the absence of Fabinho, I, th- I think he's done really well. And you know obviously it's not a, a great environment for. For him to maybe learn his trading, but apart from that, you're probably struggling. Maybe the goalkeeper as well, but you're struggling to name players who have stood up and be counter for this season. And, and you know, when the goers gets get, gets tough, you know, they they haven't been there and they haven't, you know, as Beth said, the mentality and monsters that they they were in, you know, the previous four, five, six seasons. It's just it's just chalk and cheese, really, to, to kind of what they are now. And you know, I think for so long, especially at Anfield, you know, when when to use even when they got a goal, um, you know, I think the, the the final Premier League game before lockdown, I think Bournemouth they were right at the bottom of the the table and I think Callum Wilson scored after five minutes and and even then the Bournemouth players didn't they knew they were beaten that day and Liverpool scored two before half time and then they win the game two one so you know that was just a theme of, of kind of Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool and, and kind of what made them a you know a force in the Premier League in Europe for so long but I think once you don't have that belief within yourself it's it's hard for people you know supporters and, and kind of those around the place to kind of um, to kind of buy into that and and you know for as, for as good as Liverpool have been you know under Jurgen Klopp and you know the Kind of scaled extraordinary heights. The, the the one thing you would you would say has been the, the greatest asset has been their belief, and they got kind of never say die attitude. You know, obviously you don't need to bring that, that Barcelona game, but that kind of encapsulates everything you know Liverpool is about. And and this season, like I say, it just hasn't it just hasn't been there. And, and the players look a shadow of themselves. And you know, it is so hard to kind of just say you know if you maybe look at two seasons ago, you would have said it was a centre back issues and, and you know players like Fabinho and Henderson being forced to, to, to kind of deputise at the back was maybe Liverpool's biggest problem, but. I think now you can, you know, Mo Salah's not scoring the goals that he once was. You know, even Van Dijk, when he has played, he, he hasn't looked the player that he, he maybe did last season. Um, obviously, then you've got the issues with the midfield. You, you've kind of got a, a sticky scenario where you've got players that, that kind of, that, you know, you I put them into two groups. So you've got your Fabio Carvalho's, your Curtis Jones, your Harvey Elliott, who are, you know, at a stage of their careers where, you know, they're not ready to, maybe not maybe to be first team regulars, but they certainly are at the peak. And then you've got players like Fabinho and Thiago, and Henderson, who are you know 29, 30, 31, 32 kind of thing, who are maybe past their peak. Um, so it's you've you've got no one who's ideally in that kind of peak bracket of you know, I don't know, twenty six to twenty eight or whatever, twenty nine kind of thing. So it's it, there is kind of just issues all over the pitch, and then you factor that in, and, and you know, Trent and Robertson, you know, you know they aren't having the freedom in kind of the attacking areas that, that they once had which obviously goes back to the midfield so there is just so many issues I mean we could sit here all day and, and kind of talk about the issues but I think, I think that's a big problem is that no one really knows you know without maybe slapping a couple hundred million how do you, you solve those issues do you, do you let them go again next season and kind of prove themselves you know obviously there's been a lot of talk 
you know, since especially since the World Cup about being too loyal. You know, does he give Fabinho another season or does he become ruthless and maybe do what Man City have done and, and maybe go and sign someone for you know, 30, 40, 50 million in the summer and, and kind of say, you know, if you aren't up to the standards or if you're having a season off, then, then that's it and you're done. Um, you know, so there is just there is just so many kind of issues and, and different factors that have really kind of tinted Liverpool this season and made them a team now that I think you know, I know it's only one result and it's, it's only been one game under Sean Dyche, but, you know, Everton will be absolutely wagging their tails. I, I'd imagine that, that the fact to come into Anfield, you know, you're going to be playing lots of long balls and, and second second balls and balls into midfield. And that's, you know, again, if you had to pick up another one of Liverpool's kind of weaknesses this season, it would be second balls and kind of the winning duels in midfield and that kind of in their own third of the pitch, they just haven't been able to do effectively. So, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm Everton, if I'm Sean Dyche, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that Monday and thinking, you know, I, I fancy have chances here, like massively you know, just saying beforehand to better, it feels very much like that season when Sam Allardyce came in, I think December 2017, and, and Rooney wins a penalty, doesn't he? Goes Laurie goes away a silly foul, and, and they kind of draw 1-1, and it was a very, very, it was a very enjoyable game for the neutral, and certainly for local fans either, but, you know, it feels like maybe there's a result there for Everton to, to kind of get at. I mean, you say, <clears throat> it's hard to put your finger on it, but Beth, I mean, how much of this situation can be levelled at, at the at the, uh, the 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 blueprints, the transfer blueprints that FSG just refused to shake on because look, ultimately, Liverpool are in the situation now because the midfield is no good. That's the problem. The midfield can't break down attacks. The the transition stuff to the to the strikers up front are too slow. So, so instead of getting eight or nine chances a game, um, Salah's getting one or two. We all know that Salah needs three or four to score one. He can be like that. He's not getting enough chances. Um, you know, you've got Nunez who who is still you know very raw and he needs fifteen chances to score one at the moment. Um, it's all mid, it's all down to the mid, the midfield. A bad midfield puts pressure on the back four. And 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 at what point did do FSG just say, "Here's some money, go and buy someone"? They didn't do it. They went right through. They knew way before this transfer window what we needed, what Liverpool needed, what Jurgen Klopp needed, and and, and there was no response. And how? How liable are they? Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, I think I think massively, and I think it's strange, really, because for so many years under Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool's recruitment team have been lauded for some of the business that they've done, and and rightly so, they've done some really shrewd business. You look at bringing Andy Robertson in for what eight million pounds, and you know even Mo Salah and Sadio Mane in today's market they were they were a steal really and and Liverpool have done some fantastic business under FSG and you know obviously how much of that was down to to the sporting director and the recruitment sides of it you know I know it probably wasn't FSG themselves who had an input in that but you know they have done some some remarkable business under under um you know while Jurgen Klopp has been at Liverpool so they deserve credit for that and um but yeah I think the, the frustrating thing is that We've been here before in a way. When when you go back to that season when we lost all of our centre backs, you know, the season prior to that we lost Diane Lovren. Now I know obviously it was like Marmite and a lot of Liverpool fans will would probably be of the opinion will be of the opinion that he should have left earlier than he did. But when you look back at his final season, he played quite a few games for Liverpool, even that three one win over Manchester City in that title winning season. He he came in because Matip and Gomez were injured. And it's like, how can you let a fourth choice centre back who has played a number of games and big games as well, not just cup games, how can you let him go and not replace him? And then Liverpool, you know, they felt the pinch of that when they lost Matip and Gomez and, and Van Dijk and obviously had to bring in Nat Phillips and Reese Williams. And so you think 
surely they'll learn the lesson from that. Surely the recruitment team and FSG will will learn that's what happens when you don't, you know, be, be one step ahead and plan your next move and bring in the players when you need to. And I think, you know, Jeannie Van Alden for me is is one of my favourite players on Diego Klopp. He was so so underrated, I think, and you know maybe it was time for him to move on. I think there was he added levels at him that he didn't contribute as many goals and assists as he maybe should have done from the middle of the park, but. In terms of his consistency and his reliability, you know, he, he was absolutely second to none. And I think he was the sort of player, if you if you watched the game and you watched him, you saw how much he did. He did so much of the dirty work. He was this real engine in, in the middle of the park and in you know, his ball retention and everything like that. He was absolutely superb. And to let him go without replacing him, which obviously the season before last. And, you know, I know they brought Thiago in and Fabio Carvalho and debate about whether he's a midfield player or should be played further forward. But... They've never replaced Van Alden, and I think when you look at him playing sort of 36, 37 games in the Premier League a season, that's absolutely absurd to let him go. And I'm not quite sure what other top six club would let a player of his caliber and his reliability go without bringing someone in. And the thing that confuses me as well is go back to that clock press conference in the summer when he, you know, he had a few injuries in the middle of the park, and he said to all the journalists, you know. I, you were right, I was wrong, we needed a midfielder and they brought in Arthur Mello and has played, what, 13 minutes for Liverpool and all of a sudden Liverpool didn't need to sign a midfielder in January so I'm not sure what changed Um, and then, you know, not to be too critical of Cody Gakpo because it's still very, very early in his career but you think they brought in him, you know, obviously in the absence of, of Jota and Diaz which is great but I'm not sure that 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 should have then been at the expense of not signing a midfielder. I think if you'd have asked any Liverpool fan where did Liverpool need to invest in January, they would have said without hesitation in midfield rather than in, in attack. So, yeah, I think FSG are in part responsible, but I think it is also on, on Klopp and, you know, Julian Ward and, and those people within the recruitment set up to push as well and say, actually, we really, really, really need a midfielder. And, you know, I don't know whether that's something that, that Jürgen Klopp is doing internally. Of course, he, he's got a, a responsibility in a way, I suppose, to, to protect the owners a little bit when he, he comes and speaks to the media and deflects a little bit from that. But yeah, it is hugely frustrating because it's a problem that, that we've been able to foresee for quite some time, I think. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, everything was rosy when Michael Edwards was in charge of doing these deals and and the Coutinho deal to Barcelona was a stroke of genius and the plays they were getting in. And then suddenly from nowhere decides that he wants to go. And well, I, I wonder, Kiefer, whether behind the scenes there was a there was a reason why he saw the future a little bit and thought there's not going to be... There's a new stand getting extended. Well, the, the stands at Anfield Road's getting extended. They probably are not going to be given any money for transfers. And then Julian Ward, who is, you know, primed to take over and and and, has been, and, and step up to his, decides he's off as well. That doesn't bode well, does it? That, that doesn't bode well for Liverpool fans to, to hear not one but two. The person replacing the person who's leaving has decided he's had enough as well. You know, this is a club that was bought for £300 million by FSG and they're putting up for sale for £4.5 billion. I know they've invested a lot of money in the club, but they've, they've earned a lot of money as well. And and this, the idea that the for me, the, the club, I feel like he's being hung up to dry a little bit. And, and, and when the camera goes to him and he's these appalling... Uh, performances at the moment, performances of uh, scared, you know, lack of conviction kind of performances, and it cuts back to him, and it's and it's just it's, just, it's a face of disbelief, isn't it, Kiefer? It's it's, it's someone who's who can't quite understand 
why this house is crumbling and 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 they usually crumble because the foundations are going and it just seems to me that FSG have really hung about to dry here and 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 I think it's I think it's unforgivable that they didn't act in the transfer window. Arthur Mello was a, was an afterthought that I don't think Jurgen Klopp wanted anything to do with. And we've seen before with Ben Davies that when Jurgen Klopp doesn't agree with the signing of a player or particularly wants that player, that player doesn't have to kick a ball for Liverpool. Uh, Arthur Mello kicked 13 minutes worth and then was and then was training with kids and then went to have this mystery operation and uh, and then he's back to, to he's trying to get back to fitness. It's debatable whether Arthur Mello... You know what? It could be great. Arthur Mello could come on and score a hat it could be the spark we need. I mean, that's where the fairy tale would end, but I just feel like he's been hung out to dry a bit, Kiefer, by, by FSG. You, I think it's unforgivable that they're not looking into the future of this club and, and, and making it secure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as, as Beth kind of says, it, it's difficult to kind of see which side of the, the grass kind of stands on because, you know, he obviously has to play a poker face in, you know, when speaking to the media and, and doing obviously his various media commitments. So he's, he's never going to come out and kind of, you know, say that the full picture, I mean, funny enough, he even said today that, you know, speaking about such issues, it's, it's quite difficult to explain. This was in relation to team performance because he said that the media kind of descend on one issue and, and blow it up, you know, bigger than it needs to be. So that's probably part of the reason you will never, you know, unless he writes a book or something after after he's finished. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the big thing Liverpool have always had going for them, you know, you know, whatever people think of FSG and, and the time at a club, that the one thing is you would say is it's, it's been sustainable, there's sustainability and and, and that's that's fine. I think it's worked. And I think in the position that Liverpool were in, you know, maybe 2016, 17 and 18, I think recruitment was far easier because, um, you know, you've got a side that, you know, finished seventh in the table. So obviously it's far easier to get players who are going to improve that side. So you look at the likes of, you know, Gini Wijnaldum, Robertson, even players like Shaqiri who came in. Obviously Mo Salah, they took a chance on Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, who were, you know, that kind of cluster of players, as, as great as they all were for Liverpool and, and have been, they were largely unproven. And then you probably go down every transfer and say that there was question marks. You know, Salah, obviously previously had done well at Chelsea, Robertson and Adam had just been relegated, so had Shaqiri. So obviously plenty of question marks, but Liverpool could afford to take that risk because, you know, they weren't, you know, competing. At, I mean, they were aspiring to compete at the top end of the table, but, you know, they were just kind of looking to kind of consolidate themselves in the top four. So I think that makes recruitment a hell of a lot easier. The fact that, you know, there's a bigger pool of players that, that can improve. But I think now Liverpool found them, what they find themselves in, you know, where they are competing in the absolute upper echelons of, of the game. So, you know, the, the pool of players who are going to improve is is, is min, minuscule. Um, so you're looking at someone like Hugh Belling of Klopp onto midfield, that, you know, these players like Declan Rice and, and those kind of players who are, you know, going to cost, you know, the upwards of 90 million pounds, you would imagine. Um so it's it's kind of while while I do get you know and I, and I certainly think everyone knew that Liverpool did a midfielder last summer. Part of me just thinks of the whole kind of Van Dijk saga and thinks you know Klopp was you know happy to wait and whether that happy to wait was to kind of prove to the owners how much he needed you know Van Dijk because obviously he didn't go for the likes of Kula Bali and kind of all the other centre halves who were were named it at the time in the summer of 2017. Obviously he ultimately got Van Dijk months later. So part of me does think is it Klopp just being stopped stubborn and. You know, we, we, we know that obviously Liverpool kind of, you know, put in a, a matchable offer for, for two or many before before he went to Madrid. And, and obviously the, the, the decision from the from the lad was that he wanted to play for Madrid. And so we know the money was there and, and that, you know, you know that, that, that they were happy to kind of match the terms that Madrid paid, which was, I think, in, you know, in the excess of 80 million euros. So part of me thinks is that, well, is it on clock then? You know, is he, if you look, kind of look at how good two or many has been in Madrid and obviously in the World Cup and, 
in his final season at Monaco, he's another kind of elite level midfielder. So it's kind of his cop saying, well, I want him or I want Jude Bellingham or I want no one. Um, then part of me thinks, well, surely if they've, they've had that, they must have had an indication from, from Dortmund, which everyone probably knows, is that, you know, Bellingham is, is likely going to be for sale this summer. So it's Klopp thinking, you know, I could have, you know, was it a poor judgment from Klopp? Potentially was it an oversight? Yes, that they thought he could probably get another year out of Fabinho again, as you said earlier, Fitzy. I don't think anyone expected, you know, Fabinho to drop off, you know, as, as kind of crazily as he has done. And I don't think that's poor management, poor recruitment. I think that's just a freak combination of so many things. Like, you know, I, I kind of always said that I think Fabinho is Liverpool's most important players. And I think that's been amplified this season when, when he's on song, when he's on tune. I think every, everything, you know, behind him and in front of him ticks, you know, to a T. And, and that hasn't been the case this season. So, it certainly is difficult, and, and obviously, as you say, there's obviously a lot of issues. I say issues. There's a lot of change going on behind the scenes. Obviously, you've got Ian Gray, Graham, the lead scout. He's obviously serving his notice period as well. You've obviously got Julian Ward, who you know is is, is obviously leaving at the end of the season. Um, the Michael Edwards one is a difficult one. I mean, he'd been similar to Julian Ward. He's been at the been at the club for ten years. So you think the life of a sporting director. I know he'd only been in the role for five, but. You know, it's so consuming. I mean, you only have to listen to kind of the, the work that Julian Ward was doing over Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Box Day to get the deal done for Gap. I mean, he's a very consuming role and I think he had a young family, he said. So, you know, I don't think the Edwards one was too much of an of an alarm. The, the Ward one, maybe so. I, I don't know if that's something on maybe Liverpool thought. Is, is he up for the task? You know, who knows? Maybe it's more, maybe it's been more than he can show. I think there's, you know, there's just, you can just sit here and speculate all day as to, as to the reasons or the motivations behind even especially with, you know, reports this week that, you know, Ajax maybe landing him as a technical director, which, you know, if he if he does want to break from football or if that's kind of the reason that's been touted as why he's leaving Liverpool, then why would he be so soon to take on a big project like Ajax, you know, a big club, a big big European name? So, you know, that's not going to be any less of a commitment. So it, that is certainly a cause for concern. And, and then obviously, like I said, with Ian Graham going, you kind of think what direction does the club's recruitment head in? You know, we know they've been, you know, keen with their kind of data-driven strategy over the last five, six, seven years. You know, does that change? Is as I said earlier, is there less rooms to kind of play and gamble with that kind of stuff? So, you know, there is there is plenty of stuff that you know Liverpool had going with them in previous years. You know, as I said, sustainability, which is kind of all maybe starting to unravel. And then, obviously, when you don't get the results on the pitch, as as Liverpool having for the past six months or so, I think fingers and, and questions have got pointed to to those. You know above Jürgen Klopp, which, you know, in this case is is the owners and, and the recruitment and kind of over all the changes. So, you know, certainly is a it's not a, not a great time for Liverpool at the moment, but you just kind of hope that they can get a sporting director kind of sign and seal before the end of the season and, you know, at least so at least so we know kind of what the direction the club's going in because I think that's that's massively important and, and obviously a massive sign of sustainability. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, it is. I forgot about Ian Graham as well. Of course, the whole trifecta of going, aren't they, really, that, that, that were the source of that underpin of the success of Liverpool in recent years. I don't know. It's 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 really, really difficult, isn't it? Because you feel, Beth, that they just need the spark, don't they? They just need to, a little bit of self-belief. They need someone to come back in. You know, there's there's rumours that Thiago is is, is in, a, in a race to be fit for the for the derby and... Um, but Jota being back, do you think he's the kind of person maybe who can? He's 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 great at taking limited chances, isn't he? And it just needs that little spark. I know Klopp after the Wolves game gave him two, basically gave him two days off, didn't he? I think that was just for him to cool down, because um, it was a, it was a scandalous performance. But these injuries just keep coming, don't they? And you wonder where that spark's going to come from, Beth. Yeah, I mean, I think Jota coming back could be huge. Obviously, he's had such a long layoff, and even sort of. 
before he but you know before he got injured he'd had a, a bad injury over the summer as well so he's played very few minutes this season really so you'll imagine they'll be managing his minutes carefully and it might take a few weeks before he can be involved for, for the full 90 minutes but I did think that performance against City was probably one of the best performances I've seen from him in, in a Liverpool share obviously not in terms of him scoring goals but in terms of his the way he sort of led the press I thought and just battled so so hard and I think that Manchester City win you know regardless of the, of the quality of the, the opponent but just in terms of the performance and the intensity and the way that Liverpool really attacked that game and pulled everything into it was the best performance of them this season I'd argue even more so than the 9-0 over Bournemouth because they had the backs up against the wall at that point and I think everybody was was thinking City were favourites going into that one and it was it was quite weird actually because I think it had a slightly different dynamic to, to the Liverpool City games that we've seen of late they've been such sort of closely fought contests and in that one it really felt that Liverpool were actually maybe as they were in in 2017 yeah, and 18 were sort of the underdogs going into it and you know we've seen so many times this season unfortunately the likes of, of Leeds United and Nottingham Forest when they've played Liverpool they've upped the game and you know they've really really tried to take the game to to, to Liverpool and you know they've not maybe had as much possession or anything like that but they've just to a man have been exceptional and fought really hard and I think in that Manchester City game you actually saw Liverpool be that you know they, they soaked up the pressure and then they took the chance when they got it with, with Mo Salah and we've not seen enough of that from Liverpool this season and I think you know Jota coming back even he's psychologically could just be a huge boost I think when you're seeing players constantly go into the you know the treatment table and you know, it's, a, it's an extra weight on the shoulders for the likes of Darwin Nunes and, you know, Mohamed Salah to be scoring those goals. If they know they've got someone of Jota's quality coming back, then that's a, a huge psychological boost as well. And, you know, I think one thing that, that Everton did so well against Arsenal was that sort of battling spirit. And, you know, they, they were obviously the underdogs in that game, but they, they came out and fought for absolutely everything. And you would imagine under Sean Dyche that, that that's exactly what they're going to do at Anfield. So... If Liverpool can't get themselves up for that and can't, you know, aren't prepared to do what they did against City and and pour just a hundred percent effort into it, you know, I, I think that's the thing with it, the Anfield crowd behind them. You, you would hope that it could be a really special night, but we've just had so many sort of false starts this season that you, you sort of you do really fear for for what could happen to Liverpool. You know, they do go one 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 nil down early on as they have been doing lately. And, um, you know, it's, it is a real cause for concern, but um, try and be positive and hope that, that this, this game on Monday can really sort of rally them and, and be a bit of a turning point. It so often is, isn't it? And, and uh, obviously the big problem we've got is the, um, um, the central defence roles. Um, I mean, I think it, it, Gomez and Matip were so poor um, against Wolves that you'd wonder whether he's going to start with them again. Um but then you've got maybe Nat Phillips who's going to come in and who does he come in? Because they were both equally as poor. The problem with Matip can be great. I think they both they both operate so much better when someone else is calling the shots, don't they? You know, they're really good seconding commands, but they they make awful commands. And and the two together was just a disaster. So, that you know, we, we've got injuries there. He's not going to be back in time, Van Dijk, obviously. Uh, Canate's still out. So you wonder if he's going to go with them. I think part of the problem this season... Uh, Kiefer is that he's he's been jiggling around so much trying to trying to trying to put square pegs in round holes, isn't he? He's trying to find a way to make this system work, and the the, the knock on effect is that you have a lot of teams who haven't played together, who aren't really used to 
playing in those formations and, and, and that's that's proven to be counterproductive. It's a really difficult spin in the plates at the moment, and he's got to do and, and but he's got to look at that defence and I'd either really try and drum up them two again to to make sure they don't play that bad. Or, or, or take a chance with Nat Phillips and try and change the uh, the formation a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for so long, the, the kind of the 4 3 was Liverpool's tried and, trusted, it tried and trusted thing, wasn't it? And, and Jürgen Klopp had so much faith in that. And as Beth said, you know, Wijnaldum was kind of at the heart of that. But, you know, this season, you could probably count on two hands the amount of, you know, different formations they've tried. They've obviously gone, you know, 4 you know, and 4 as well. So, you know, there's, there's been plenty of changes. Just, again, going back to... Sustainability is, is something that you know Liverpool haven't really experimented too much with in, in kind of recent years, and so you know that in previous you know seasons gone by, you would, you would think selection headaches is obviously a good thing for Klopp. You know, a lot of players knocking at the door fighting for one position, but you know going into this game on Monday and, and kind of games in the last couple of weeks, it's it's kind of been the complete opposite of that in, in terms of you know it's it's picking the best of a, a bad bunch really. Um, so, you know, I was saying before, and I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he throws Nat Phillips in, um, you know, partly just because of kind of, you know, I know it was only a, a kind of one game which we've seen from Deitch, but, you know, if you kind of go back to his, his tenure at Burnley and, you know, a lot of their kind of success in the final third was, you know, picking up on the loose balls and kind of getting, you know, well, we saw it against Arsenal, didn't we? You know, getting players in and around Calvert-Lewin with the knockdowns, you know, Decore, those kind of players and on it. So it's going to be a physical, you know, a physical battle, and, and whether Calvert Lewin, I think Dash has said that he's, he's touch and go, so it's a bit of a toss of, toss of a coin as, as to whether he'll be fit for Monday. But you know, if if, if Liverpool are planning to to face Calvert Lewin, which I think is something you've got to do in in this circumstances, you've got to presume that Everton are going to do absolutely everything they can to get him on the pitch. And you know, um, you know, he's I'm not 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 Nat Phillips's biggest fan. I think he's a he's a very limited defender, but he's good at what he does. But um. You know, I think it will be a game maybe that maybe that suits him and, and people have talked in, in recent weeks about maybe Liverpool dropping the line five five yards or so, which is obviously what they did at the, the back end of that twenty twenty one season and they kind of had a bit more success as, as they kind of learned to work with Phillips as kind of lack of pace. So, you know, if 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 it, if it is Carver Lewin, I, I wouldn't be too, you know, upset to see to see Phillips up against him. You know, he's good in the air. We saw kind of in the League Cup, I think that was the last time against City that we saw him, you know, he came on. It was calm. It was massive. Game was one of them went off, and, and he came on for you know 70, 65 minutes kind of thing, and he was and he was sad. He was assured, and it was a bit of a mad game anyway. But you know he, he kind of held his own against the best strikers in, in the Premier League, who is again another physical presence. So he he could do that. It's it's a difficult one because obviously Matip again, you know, after how good he was last season, and you know it, it kind of felt like Liverpool finally managed his minutes well, and you know, there was no injuries that season with him, and he was you know obviously instruments alongside Virgil van Dijk and kind of, you know, making that quadruple actually a, a possibility. But, you know, you look at it now, he's he's got what, fifteen months left on his in his contract. You know, he's 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 in probably the worst form of his Liverpool career. There's, I think there's a, a possibility but he probably goes his summer. So you're looking at it now and thinking, you know, if if you look at investment and in terms of obviously giving giving Joe Gomez a new contract, you know, you probably think that clock would favour him, you know, in in terms of you know, Lowe's has been kind of built on Canalte Go has been kind of the future, you know, after Van Dijk and kind of his successes. So, you know, if that's the kind of way and the path that Liverpool eventually want to go down, because, you know, people forget how good Joe Gomez was, you know, his absolute peak in that. And I know injuries have taken his toll and he's lost kind of his athleticism and, and kind of maybe some of his confidence in tackles and stuff like that. But, you know, I think if you kind of get down to the bare bones of it, there is a there is a genuine, you know, elite level defender there. Just I just think Liverpool struggle to maybe to, to get that out of him on, on a regular basis so 
you know, I would like to see, you know, Phillips and Gomez. I think that would be nice. I think they, they, they maybe complement each other. They both have obviously different strengths and, and different weaknesses. So, you know, it, it's a decision though, isn't it? Because, you know, if he goes with Matip and Gomez again and, and then they get bombed by, by Calvert-Lewin, then, you know, it's kind of where do Liverpool go from here? Because if he's not prepared to throw, you know, Phillips in at the absolute worst of times when he's got Van Dijk out and obviously two, two defenders out of form, when does he throw him in? And so, I don't know. There's obviously plenty to contest and, and plenty to kind of think of ahead of Monday, but, you know, he has got selection issues for sure. I mean, I couldn't sit here and give you an 11. I think he'll, he'll play. I mean, if I have a, a good guess, but, I mean, my guess is as good as anyone else's. Well, certainly Jota, I don't think we'll be starting. I think we can pretty much say he's he, he's done two or three days of training, I think, normal training. But if you're Sean Dice and you see Jota starting that game, you're just going to say to your players, just someone get hold of him and go right through him in the first five minutes because he's coming back from an injury. So that's going to be in his mind. I reckon he's going to come off the bench at some point, hopefully. Um, it's the midfield again, isn't it, Beth? That, that's, where, that's where the problems lie. That's what they're going to try and do. I mean, you've got that. Sort of, you know, Bichetic has been doing really well for a kid who shouldn't really be at this level just yet. He's he's been thrown into the lines then. He's been doing well, but you know there are players that can that get the better of him quite easily, aren't there? In, in, in the midfield, Nabi Kater has been doing his ten minutes, you know, YouTube compilation um, performances uh, before just dropping off. Um, ha, I, you know, for me, it's the Harvey, it's in the Harvey Elliott's and the Cavellios who who seem to be more inclined to press to, to, to give a bit of energy to that side to run at, at back lines and try and get try and get the ball off them and but it's that it that's the problem Jurgen Jurgen Klopp faces. They're great at doing that, but are they strong enough in midfield to then get the ball back and, and do stuff with it? So it's a real dilemma at the moment, isn't it? But there's personnel there, but they're just not what we want. Fabinho, I don't even know whether he's gonna start he's gonna start the bench or he's gonna take a chance and hope that he gets his his form back but it's a hell of a game to try and make these decisions with Beth, isn't it? Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. It is, and I think it, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to know, really, in Jurgen Klopp's sort of mindset, where he sees Fabinho. Like, you know, he, he obviously sort of defended him to in, in one of his press conferences and said, you know, he's going through a tough time and he was open and honest about that. But it's whether he... He considers that that is just a temporary dip in form and, and he backs him. And again, it'd be a real vote of confidence, I suppose, for him to say to him, listen, it's Merseyside derby. It's a potentially a huge, huge game. You go and you show why you deserve to play for this club. And it's it's whether he goes down that route or whether he goes purely on form. I mean, Bacetic has, has really, really impressed me. And, you know, I think he could, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting, but equally he's played a lot of football over the last few weeks and it is a big, big game. So, um. It, yeah, it'll be interesting, and and, and as you say, it's, it's sort of you don't really know the best route to go down with 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 personnel for this game. I mean, Naby Keita, he's just frustrating, isn't he? Really, I think he has flashes of of brilliance, and you know, I, I think it's hard to you can't criticize him too much for for Liverpool's recent form because he's certainly not the only one to to have been been miles off it, but. You wonder, is this a sort of game? I know, obviously, Jurgen Klopp has been criticised in the past for having Henderson and Milner on the pitch at the same time. But you think this this Everton side, they're going to be, if nothing else, just absolutely dogged and physical and passionate. And if you look at sort of Liverpool's midfield, op- midfield options, just say sort of James Milner and Jordan Henderson are the players who aren't afraid to put in a tackle, who, who, who are going to be vocal on the pitch, who are going to be leaders on the pitch. And 
you wonder is that what Liverpool need? Do they do? Do they revert to that that sort of midfield of Henderson, Milner, Fabinho, and and just see how it goes? I mean, I'm sure it won't be too popular, and obviously it's lacking a little bit of pace. And Harvey Elliott, to be fair, I think the best game I've seen him play this season was was the Wolves game when he actually played further forward. I'm not too keen on on him in midfield, but. Um, but yeah, it is a difficult one because whereas sort of a couple of years ago you could name an eleven so quickly, you knew exactly who Klopp was going to turn to. Now it's it's really difficult to see sort of what the right road to go down with personnel is. Do you know what I think? You're absolutely bang on right. I think it's a great point, and I think that you you say that that a lot of people it wouldn't be a popular choice. I think a lot of Reds, and I've heard them talk about it in in the days leading up to to, to the game on Monday, that Milner. And Henderson are the people you need at the moment. They're the people who have been there and done it. Bought the t-shirts. Henderson is incredibly vocal. And a team that uh, at the moment are... I mean, we've got no pace anyway in midfield. This is the problem, isn't it? We haven't had any pace all season in midfield. So it might be an idea. Obviously, he's going to, he, he, he has been dropping the line further back. He's had to because we don't have the pace to, to hold the high line, nor do we have the press to, 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 to make, it, make them few and far between. So it's it's not a bad shout at all. I mean, I think in times like this, you need leaders, don't you? I think this, I think Liverpool's a bit of a rudderless ship at the moment, isn't it? You can't rely on young kids to do it. Um, Naby Case is not a leader. James Milner is certainly someone who can get on that pitch and put a bit of steel in. And you might have, might just have to sacrifice the midfield, the the speed of the midfield, just to get a little bit of steel in there. I think I think it's a great shout, Kiefer. I mean, I, I, he's certainly someone that Milner. You know, he signs he signs extended contracts, and but. I, He'd be the first to admit he probably didn't think he'd be taking this much of a of a of a front role in in, in the Liverpool team. But you know, needs must. And as Beth said, they're the kind of players you need to just screen people and get people going, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, you you look at the reaction when that when that first Wolves went in on on uh, on Saturday, and obviously as calamitous as it was, you know, there was there was no as we we said earlier, there was no kind of. Well, we certainly watch it. There was no, it felt like there was no belief that they were, they were going to get back in the game. And, and even, you know, as bad as Wolves have been, I think they towards six goals at home all season. You know, there was no one, you know, to say rallying the troops kind of thing. And I know Robertson had the armband and, and can beat quite, of course, but even he looked, you know, like he had nothing to say. And, you know, maybe it gets to that point where, you know, it just feels like no matter what you do and how hard you try, you know, you're just not getting the rub of the green. But I think, you know, to concede a goal, I said after what, you know, be two nil down after twelve minutes. You know, whatever level of football you're playing at is 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 unacceptable. You know, yeah, you can get you can get beat, you can be played off the par. That's that's fair enough. And Liverpool have been at times this season, but you know, to kind of throw away a game after you know, so with, with the best part of eighty five minutes remaining is is just absolutely you know wild and something you just wouldn't you know expect from a, a Jurgen Klopp team. So I think you know to to get leaders in there is, is certainly not a bad shout, and it obviously does sound like you know I think Klopp basically said that Henderson's going to play today. Um, kind of just said that I think I think someone said he played ninety one games since the the, uh, the summer of twenty twenty one, which is obviously a huge amount. And he obviously played a, a career most last season. I think it was fifty seven. He bumped to sixty three. He played so you know he's obviously had a lot of football, and he's another one who's, who's probably not uh, didn't expect to play this many games at the stage of his career. I mean, you know, Liverpool struggles has meant that they haven't really been afforded the luxury to to rotate purely because you know other players aren't playing themselves into form and. And then Liverpool don't have the options in midfield because they've had, you know, so many injuries. Obviously, Cater, you know, missed the first half of the season. So they'd upside Chamberlain, obviously Arthur Mello as well. So, you know, I think, you know, as, as Beth said, they're probably not the two most popular choices, you know, within the, the realms of social media in terms of James Miller and Jordan Henderson. But 
know, that I'd probably say they've been unfairly hung out to dry this season with, with the amount they have played. And, you know, certainly, certainly, you know, Milner's, what, 37, Mil- uh, Henderson, obviously, 32. Um, you know, been two incredible servers at, at a football club, but they shouldn't have been playing anywhere. You know, Liverpool side two centre midfielders in the summer, you know, Henderson's playing a fraction of the game. So it's, it, it kind of goes that way. But, you know, I, w- I would like to see him thrown in. I, I think he will. I, I think, I don't think he'll do Fabinho and Henderson, but um, I think if you, if you keep Setich in there, and then obviously it looks like obviously with Thiago, you know, well, certainly not being in training yesterday, doing his own kind of personal thing, it, it looks like it's going to be a uh, cater. And obviously, I think to kind of get a bit of leadership and throw Henderson in, in there alongside Bessetic, I think is obviously not, not a bad thing. And, and as you say, alongside Cater, he's obviously not, not the most vocal, but it's it's a bit of a, a sign of the time that we're saying that Liverpool should just go back to being, you know, as cliche as it's just passionate and loud and kind of, you know, running loads and whatever. But, you know, it, it feels like Liverpool just needs to go back to basics. And, you know, I don't think we're at a point now where we can be picky about the, the manner in which we win and, and the style in which they win and how emphatic it is. I think Liverpool just did in a desperate point of the season now where, you know, games are, you know, passing them by week on week on week and, you know, they're, they're running out of time. So I think at this stage, it's just all about getting three points on the board. And if, you know, if that means, you know, going back to basics and kind of matching Everton for what we expect them to be in midfield, which is obviously his best head gritty and nasty and, you know, heavy handed, then then so be it. Yeah, it's just a good job, isn't it, Beth? Then it's Anfield, Goodison, because I, I just don't fold and fancy Liverpool going to Goodison the way they are at the moment. And, and with them having this, this, you know, this influx of of passion and, and optimism because of Sean Dice, obviously, it's I just thank God we're at, we're, at, we're at Anfield. There is, of course, another combination Jurgen Klopp could use and put Fabinho in as a centre back. He played fifteen months as a centre back uh, if it wasn't going to be. But then his confidence is so low. Would you put him in front of the keeper? It's it's just it's just a, an absolute nightmare at the moment, isn't it? And you've just got to hope that um, that if Jota does. Uh, take any part in this game that he, that, that he does get a chance that he can put away or that Salah I mean you see these things it's funny you go on Twitter and you see these these um, video tweets coming out from from, from uh, the training ground of, of Salah just volleying on in the top corner from 30 yards and you're like why could I know I know it's obviously completely different in, in, in game time but doesn't seem to be even any attempts at the moment does it he's scuffing shots he's I know he's spending a lot of the game. This is one of my frustrations under as well, Beth, is he doesn't seem to be tracking back anywhere near the way he used to. He just sort of hangs around with his hand on his hips on the halfway line. Doesn't tend to come back. He used to always come back and try and win that ball deeper. It's just an attitude change, isn't it? I think he, he, they need to they need to see the Wolves game as the, the diet. That has to be the lowest point of, of, of their careers at this club. And then yeah. and pushing forward. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if I have to see one more sort of Andy Robertson interview after a game where he's apologetic, I'll, I'll, I'll um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to another one of those. He's been wheeled out enough this season with his, uh, with his apologies after the game. I do feel a bit sorry for him because he seems to be really going to, to, to sort of, um, you know, come and speak to the fans and speak to the media. But yeah, it's, I certainly, I wasn't fancy seeing Fabinho in, in central defence. I think, you know, he's, it just seems so, I think you saw that tackle he did against Brighton. He was just almost like one one step behind. And you think if he does that in the penalty area or if he's the last man and he just mistimes something ever so slightly, then it could all turn pretty ugly for Liverpool quite quickly. So I think if Fabinho is to come in, then I'd, I'd like it to be in the middle of the park because, you know, that that's the that's the best chance we've got at him sort of refinding his form in, in that position. But but yeah, I think, I think Mo Salah, I mean, funnily enough, I've not actually been that concerned with him in terms of like I don't, 
Whereas like Fabinho, I have sort of started to question, is this the end for him? I don't I don't feel that with Mo because I think Mo has always been a, a bit of a confidence player. And, you know, even when Liverpool have been at the best, he's had sort of goal droughts of five, ten games where he's gone without scoring. Um, but I think, as you said, it, it's the attitude thing and not just not just for Mo, I think the whole whole team. That's the most worrying thing. And, you know, the most upsetting thing as a Liverpool fan, you know, the, these this group of lads have given me as a fan some of the absolute best days of my of my life and they're, they're so 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 likable they've always been so likable under Jurgen Klopp and you know even when they've, they've missed out on, on titles by a point and they've missed out in Champions League finals you've always felt that they, they'd be ready to go again and they'd run through absolute brick walls for the club and for the manager and I think this season I've started to doubt that and that's that's a real shame and maybe a sign that, that this this team is coming to sort of the end of it end of a cycle and we do need to sort of see a new team built in in the coming seasons but but yeah I think you know as you said I think they have to look at that Wolves game as the absolute lowest point there's only so many times you can come out and say we need to do better you you actually have to start showing that on the pitch and you know if they can't if they can't get themselves up for a Merseyside derby when Everton are going to be you know they're Everton are probably going to be pretty confident I think coming to Anfield because I genuinely think at the minute if you're a Premier League manager, you're looking at, at Liverpool as probably one of the easiest teams to play against at the moment. You really, really are because that they're, they're so cold, they're so easy to play through. And I think Liverpool just have to to use that to galvanise them and, and try and prove people wrong, I think. Absolutely right. All right, then I'll tell you what, we're we'll, we'll, we'll lying tenth in the table at the moment. I mean, you know, you might as well just wipe this up other than the Champions League. Which I'm more confident in because it's a slower pace. I mean, European football always suits slower teams, and I think Liverpool are masters of it, so you know it's not it's it's not it's not all over as a season. It's pretty much it's pretty much trying to rescue what we can out of the league. But um, you know, Real Madrid away the game after Everton um, is uh, sorry Real Madrid at home after it's two home games back to back. It could be where things we've got to start it on Monday though. Let's have a uh, a score prediction then, Kiefer. Go on, son. Kiefer Mackey D, give me a score prediction for the derby. I've got, I've got obviously an of one one. Um, but if you want something a little more upbeat and a little more positive, then I go one nil. One nil. I mean, you you, you talk about Liverpool, it's all about Liverpool not conceding there. That's a huge shout, isn't it, Bethel? Forgive me for saying it, but boy, oh boy, it just seems like it's almost like we're giving them a head start in pretty much every game now, isn't it? But um, there is every chance that this will fizzle out into nothing, isn't it, Beth? Because they have done before, but but what do you think? Give us your optimistic points. Keith has gone from a 1-1 to a 1-0 to Liverpool. Yeah, no, you know what? I'm going to be really positive. I'm going to go 1-0 and I'm going to say Nat Phillips, man of the match. Absolute battling performance, keeps them out and a really just scrappy, gritty 1-0 win. That's what I'm going to say. He's going to say Nat Phillips goal then. He's going to say Well, you know what? Stranger things have happened. Nat Phillips in front of the cop, you know, who who knows? It'll be will be a fairy tale, wouldn't it, in the Merseyside Derby? But um but yeah, no, I'm backing them to win because can't keep backing them to lose. They've got to turn it around at some point, so why not Monday? Well, I never back them to lose, that's just cards, it's not in my DNA. So I'm gonna say two one, I'm gonna say Confidence-wise, I think there might be a goal in it for them. Just be just for sheer chasing at them. But this has got to end. This has got to stop. Then the, the Liverpool are still Liverpool. You know they're just going through a patch, and I just feel like that either Nunez is going to terrify them, or 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 or, uh, or Mo's going to find his form again. And I'm going to go for a two-one Liverpool win. Listen, guys, thank you so much. It was such a uh, it's gone so quick, and that's always the sign of a really good pod when you, when you feel like it's gone really quickly. I, I, it was a great debut, uh, Beth. Did you enjoy it? 
I loved it. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome, and very welcome to join us anytime you want. And uh, and all the best with the, um, the WSL as well. W- WFL is it? W- WSL. WSL. Yeah, you were right. Big isn't it? Yeah. Uh, how, <laughs> I'm so sorry to be to be there. How are uh, uh, Liverpool in the in the Super League? Or are they? Did they get relegated? Or are they in the Super League? So they were relegated. Um, coincidentally, the season the men won the title. Uh, so they had two seasons of the championship. Uh, they're now back in the WSL, and they they've struggled a little bit this season. But they had a massive win over Reading last weekend. Um, which is, is sort of sort of allayed any fears of being dragged into a relegation scrap. If they can get a win over Leicester this weekend, because they're at the bottom of the table, then that'll be huge and pretty much will be Liverpool confirmed safe, really, um, going forward. So, yeah, it's a massive game and season ticket holders, it's um, you can get free tickets to the game as well. So if anyone's at a loose end on, on Sunday and fancies going down to support the girls, I'm sure that, you know, that, that'll be greatly appreciated. Oh, that's a great shout. Well, I'll let you put your neutral hat back on now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and pretend that you're not a mad lad. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, mate, as well. Always good to see you, and I'll see you again soon. Lovely stuff. Cheers, Neil. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so, listen, everyone, all the people, thank you for downloading this. I always say that whenever you are, whatever you're doing, we really appreciate all the blood rest. Really appreciate uh, your support and, and uh, for listening to us. And we've just got to keep the faith, haven't we? It's not, you know, when, you know how the lyrics of the song go. It's not always... Uh, wine and roses is it you know there's a storm and we've got to walk through it haven't we and we will and uh, up the reds and I'll see you on the next Poetry in Motion You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel